Jones, 30, 35, 40, east of midfield, and then every catch. The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 15th episode of the podcast on December 6, 2012. Oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it this next week. It's the end of the semester for college and especially here in grad school that I'm going through. And it is the first week that there has been no or there will be no college football games this coming week. Mm-hmm. That is the first time hearing you on the 15th episode. First time that has happened since before the first episode. Yes, and uh, it's like, what are we going to do with our weekends? Oh, wait, study and write papers. <laughs> Grown-up things. <laughs> um, we do still have college, or not college, NFL football, so we'll <laughs> get to that. But as part of the red zone, where you don't hear down the sidelines, you go over the uh, sports headlines from the past week, and we kind of make a predictive element to it. Uh, three top stories this week, all college football things, and a way to mourn the loss of, you know, regular season college football, I guess? Yeah. So the first yeah, the first story is here at the 20-yard line. Uh, it's time to talk the coaching carousel, because the season has ended... And teams are changing their coaches. Yes. Uh, lots of SEC teams changing their coaches. Um, we start off with Kentucky. Um, Joker Phillips is out there. And um, they have hired Florida State's old defensive coordinator, Mark Stoops. Wow, so, bro. So what do you think of that? They're going to put a smile on that face. <laughs> um, it's Kentucky. I don't think that will He'll... I'm sure he'll do okay because mm-hmm. Kentucky doesn't have high expectations in football. They're in the SEC, and they're not one of the big schools. I don't think that kind of hire is what brings recruits in. Yeah. Uh, Derek uh, Dooley he was out at Tennessee. They don't have a replacement. They were thinking Charlie Strong out of Louisville, but he might be staying. Um, John L. Smith out at Arkansas, and that's not surprising considering his time at Michigan State when he slapped himself in the face like on camera at a press <laughs> conference and it was ridiculous. This is the big one, though, with Brett Bielma leaving Wisconsin to go to Arkansas. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was, I was uh, listening to Sports Talk today, and, um, you know, I was, you're trying to look at, um, you know, reasons why you would, you know, leave where you're at right now to go there because a lot of times people look at coaching decisions and moves and they say, oh, is that like a lateral move? Is it, you know, are they actually moving forward? You know, how is this going to turn out? And you got to look at where he was. He's, I mean, you know, what was it? Winning the conference, how many times? Three times? He went, yeah, he's, he's been to three straight Rose Bowls. Yeah, and, um, and going to Rose Bowls, but not going to national championships, even though you're okay. winning the conference. At the same time, the Big Ten going to national championships, you have to basically go undefeated. Yeah, and so... With the SEC and everything. you got to so. think that's something that he's looking at. Um, because, you know, everybody wants a national championship, and he might feel that 
just where he's positioned right now, maybe with the team he's positioned with right now, that it's it's close to impossible, even as well as he's done there. Yeah, I guess. But and then you have also some fans who are thinking like, oh, they were getting sick of Bielema and all that. You're, you're getting sick of going to Rose Bowls yeah. in the Big Ten? I yeah. have a hard time believing that. Go talk to some of the schools who barely even win a game each year mm-hmm. and come back to me. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, Gene Chizik out at Auburn a couple of years after winning the national championship, and then they bring in Gus Malzahn, who was at Arkansas State for a year after leaving the Auburn offensive coordinator position, you know, the one that helped win the national championship with Cam Newton, and now he's got the big gig at well, Auburn. Everybody questions why he took that head coaching job at Arkansas State. Um, and then I, there was a sports writer today that brought up that he might have known more than people let on mm-hmm. about that. That maybe there were, you know, already complaints about things. I, I don't know exactly, you know, inside. The, but, you know, the person that's got to be happy with this is Auburn's quarterback. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched that kid play this year, but they were trying to, you know, run more of a pro-style offense with this kid who's clearly more built for, like, a spread option. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's kid. not as talented as Cam Newton, but still oh. in that kind of build. Yeah, he would, he would, you know, have a lot more success in that kind of offense. And I think, I think it's all about using your players, you know, in the best possible way. You know, if you have a really athletic player... Like you saw this year with Denard Robert Robinson or Tavon Austin, they'd put them, you know, in different positions on the field to suit them. And and in that kind of offense, the pro cell offense, that kid was probably better as a wide receiver just mm-hmm. because he's more athletic. Yeah. Uh, not really a lot of other big moves, really. Uh, you have Purdue changing coaches and getting uh, Kent State's head coach. Uh, Wisconsin might have their off our. Athletic director Barry Alvarez, who was the coach before uh, Bielema, coaching their Rose Bowl game against Stanford. Yeah. Uh, California. Not a bad guy to coach in that game. Well, that's, that's he knows true. his way around football. Uh, California, Colorado, NC State changing, Boston College. Skip Holtz out at South Florida. Pretty surprising because they had that one strong year when he started. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I guess they're really moving forward as a program because you know not too long ago they didn't really even exist Mm -hmm. if you go back to the coach they had before that he's the one who pretty much started the program yeah um so i guess i mean it's just you've got to kind of keep up and i think that it it, it doesn't really surprise me uh the short leash that some coaches get nowadays like it's like if you don't come in and win in two years in the third year then they already want you out right so and then uh, Steve Adazio at Temple leads the Owls to their first bowl since 1979, and then he goes to Boston College. Well, I think, I mean, you see a lot of these coaches moving in from, you know, like smaller mid-major schools into higher positions. Uh, you know, Kent State's head coach, I think he's a really good coach, mm-hmm. and I'm not surprised that they already swept him up. Um, that, I, I think if he had stayed where he was, they would have, you know probably won the conference next year or the year after that they they had one of the best years they've ever had in like 20 years or something there yeah so um it you know it's it's good to it's good to see these coaches you know that are at smaller schools getting these opportunities for 
bigger time jobs, BCS jobs, basically. I'm sorry, I'm distracted um, because Batman and Fear are apparently trending on my Twitter. Oh boy. And they are going to be addressing the media in the next hour. Huh. Um, <laughs> hmm. I don't know. It, it, it doesn't look like, you know, good news, but... Oh, it's not, it doesn't sound good. No. <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, we wanted to put something like NHL-related on the red zone because, you know, they had the players and the coaches meeting mm-hmm. without, like... Or not players and coaches, players and owners meeting without, like... Donald Fear and Gary Bettman and a mediator and something like that. And they said, like, maybe some progress was made, but oh, it's kind of it's the NHL lockout. It's a mess. Anyway, we got to make the play here on the NCAA football coaching carousel. Wisconsin was the big change with Brett Bielma leaving to go to Arkansas. So, with Wisconsin's three uh, Rose Bowl streak going, we got to ask will Wisconsin make the Rose Bowl next year? Um, I don't necessarily think they will because I think this year was. A down year, you know, for the the Big Ten. You also had, you know, the other two schools that were ahead of them in the conference. You know, that both of those schools, regardless of you know losing recruits and things like that, still beat them mm-hmm. um, in their division. And it was it was technically a pretty down year. Oh yeah, I think overall in the conference, just you look at the Big Ten versus out of out of conference. It wasn't a good year for them. So I think it gets better next year. I think all around, I think overall, all the teams are better. And I think it's tougher. And they just barely made it this year. Yep. And they lose some pretty good players. Too. Oh, yeah. Mate Ball's, you know, moving on. Mm-hmm. He's, he's so done. I just, you know, breaking in a new coach, even if it's an interim coach, I don't, you know, whoever ends up being, um, I think it's too tough. I don't think they make it back. Yeah, I was, you know, some sports talk here was talking about that, you know, maybe they're seeing, you know, seeing the writing on the wall that, you know, Michigan and Ohio State starting to come back to full force. It's going to be di- more difficult to recruit in the Big Ten as a result of that. Um, and, you know, leave while you're on top at mm-hmm. Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, it's so. an inter- interesting thought. Yeah, I don't think they make the Rose Bowl next year either, um, especially with Ohio State coming off of their uh, self-imposed probation. They're not really going anywhere. I'm not going to say that you know they're going to have another undefeated season, but they're going to be right at the top of that division, if not winning it. So, and you know, another thing in relation to you know maybe why Brett left Wisconsin is I hear that the deal that he's getting, a lot of it has to do with um, the amount of um, money that will he'll be able to use to retain good assistant coaches yeah that's possible that's a big deal because assistant coaches go and take head coaching jobs and if you're not paying them enough and they get offered a lot more money someplace else why wouldn't they leave so i think it's hard to i mean if you look at what he's had to deal with the past couple years he said a lot of his coaches leave Mm -hmm. i know they fire that offensive line coach but he's had a lot of them leave paul chris yep example very very true uh the 10 yard play here, our story, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's. I'm so flooded by school stuff. I can't even think straight. The Heisman Trophy will be awarded this weekend on Saturday, and it's always that time, you know, after the season, and they give out the awards. They're even starting to give out the awards now. You had uh, Manti Teo uh, winning, you know, Player of the Year. 
uh, whatever that award's called that it's totally I'm blanking on. Uh, you had the Davey O'Brien Award just given out for best quarterback, and that went to Johnny Manziel. Interesting that only three finalists for the Heisman this year, and it kind of makes sense because it has been a down year. Um, yeah. No real runaway in a lot of you know a lot of ways. You don't have a lot of standout candidates, so it does make sense that you know it's it's only three this year. Uh, you have Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football, who's the freshman quarterback from Texas A and M. Uh, you have Manti Teo, senior linebacker from Notre Dame, and then Colin Klein, the senior quarterback from Kansas State. Um, now, generally in that order is the predicted expectation and it makes it very interesting because Johnny Manziel if he does win would be the first freshman to yep. win the Heisman mm-hmm. like that's that's crazy to think that I mean you had Tebow who was an underclassman when he won it but he was a sophomore and that was a big deal at that time uh, Manti Teo would be the you know first defensive player to win the Heisman since 1997 with Charles Woodson from Michigan but he would be the first ever only defensive player because Charles Woodson returned kicks and that helped his Heisman candidacy. But Manti Teo, middle linebacker, only plays middle linebacker. Yeah. And then Colin Klein, uh, you know, I think generally had the more consistent season, but at the end he really started to lose steam. Yeah. And he had a three interception game when they lost to Baylor and really kind of fell out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Um. We can just go, you know, right into the make the play question here. You know, who wins the trophy uh, this weekend and why? Well, I think it's probably going to be. Um, you know, all indications are it's going to be Mr. Johnny Football Manzo, mm-hmm. um, and we will have our first freshman win the Heisman. Um, it's very tough for defensive players to, um, you know, let alone get mentioned. Um, but, you know, even win the Heisman nowadays, um, you, I, I kind of, one of the things I like to look at is how can you say the year that, um, Indomitian Sioux was, was, you know, having the amazing year that he had, I mean, he was a one man wrecking crew and he didn't win it. Mm -mm. And, and so I think, I don't think tail controls the game like that i think that i think he has a really good supporting cast on defense which helps makes his stats better right i think he's a great linebacker i think he'll play in the nfl he'll probably start in the nfl pretty soon um but i i you know i don't think he controls the game i think he he is kind of the quarterback of the defense but he doesn't really control everything um and not only but you know he doesn't he doesn't do anything on special teams but you know maybe make some tackles and stuff but he doesn't have any offensive stats to go with that, like maybe a Charles Woodson would. Um, right. And, you know, you know, Manti Teo has that story with, you know, oh, personal no, loss story. and tragedy. It's a great story, but you see it replayed on ESPN, and I don't think that really causes a factor in mm-hmm. Heisman voting. Um, you know, it. You know, I just if, if Collins' team would have won that one game that they lost, I think he would have it. I think... I think it's all it kind of would take, even though his stats aren't anything close to what Johnny's are. Um, you know, it, upperclassmanship kind of that that does help you a lot because, I mean, as you see, we never had a freshman win it, but I think we're just going to because it's hard. I mean, you can't really ignore this kid. Probably he'll probably be 
the only, you know, team to to beat the national champions this year in a way. I mean, you almost got to think, it, you know, Alabama's going to be favored in that game, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they're, and, like, favored by eight and a half points right yeah, now or something and like so, that. Yeah, and so, and, you know, he he's they basically are the ones that took him down. It ended up not mattering. They got in the game anyways. But, um, you know, if they do go on to win, which we won't know. We'll know the Heisman before that. But let's say they do go on to win, he'll be the only ones that beat him. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he wins it and then Matt, Te- Matt Teo goes out and has an amazing game. And they beat Alabama. So, you know, I think either way... It's going to help him. I think if he doesn't get picked for it, he's going to go out and play really well. So, because a lot of times the Heisman winner doesn't play well in that national championship this game. This is true. I mean, so, one of the more exa- you know, yes, it might, it, examples that you remember, you know, Matt Leinart versus Vince Young, the USC versus yeah. Texas game. I think it was 2006, and you had Leinart win the Heisman, but yeah. Vince Young stole the show. And, I, you know, I think you're always going to have somebody that's in the national championship in the voting. Sure. It just happens to be a defensive player this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's Johnny Manziel as well. Um, he's put up generally better numbers than Tebow and Cam Newton when they mm-hmm. won their Heismans. And I think those that say, well, because he's a freshman, freshman, you know, shouldn't win. That's it's a ridiculous argument. Yeah, it, it I mean, shouldn't matter. A and M was a decent team, but they were really good on offense because of him, and so, they they don't even finish anywhere close to where they finished if it's not for him. Well, and he wasn't even in the consideration at the start of the year. He was, you know, battling for that number one spot, obviously coming in as a freshman. And, you know, there was um, there was hype uh, down at College Station in Texas, but that's that's where they play, right? That's the town? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, good. I wasn't pulling that out of my ass. Um, you know, there was hype about him down there, sure, but, you know, he did not have the starting job locked up, and the rest, of they say, is history. There, there are a, there are actually a lot of really good freshman quarterback this year. It's going to be fun to watch them the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the five yard story: we have the college football bowl schedule. Once the regular season ended, you had all the BCS bowls and all the other bowls filled in. Uh, before we get to you know some of the other bowls of no, we have to go over you know the BCS bowls. Naturally, there's the national championship game down in Miami this year where. You know, once it all fell into place with Notre Dame and Alabama, you know, not surprising to see that confirmed. Uh-huh. Um, you also had, you know, the winners of the Pac-12 and Big Ten that actually fell into place this year as, you know, planned with Stanford and Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so also really no surprise there. Uh, the Sugar Bowl would be, uh, you know, Louisville and Florida. Louisville winning the Big East. Mm-hmm. And... You know, the Sugar Bowl generally gets an SEC team, uh, but it's also you know, an at-large as well. Yeah. So, you know, Florida there. Um, interesting that Oregon and Kansas State meet up in the Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> uh, the Fiesta getting generally the Big 12 team and then you know, also an at-large as well. And we thought that, you know, a couple weeks ago they would meet in the national championship game. Yeah. Now, I'd say the ratings for that game will probably be really good. I would imagine... You know, close to, if not better, than the national championship. I mean, because aside from, yeah, you have the you know the big contingencies from each of those schools, and maybe some of them that you know love to hate the teams. But yes, to me, it's a snore game. Yeah, I'm not crazy about Notre Dame versus Alabama because 
The Alabama-Georgia game was a great game. It was a frustrating game at the end. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Orange Bowl game is probably going to have the least turnout. And you have, you know, from the Orange Bowl, Johnny gets the ACC uh, birth team, and that was Florida State, not by a large margin over Georgia Tech. But then the MAC champion <laughs> broke into the top 16. Mm-hmm. And that was Northern Illinois with their quarterback. Uh, Northern Illinois in a BCS game, the Orange Bowl against the Florida State Seminoles, who I had predicted to win the national championship this year. Uh, pretty surprising. Oh, do you want to talk about those games? Any- I mean, we're going to get to the replay soon, so right. we'll, we'll get to that there. But we got to look at this, these bowl breakdowns. Mm. Um. Biggest thing that stands out to you as as far as these BCS games? Yeah. Um. Well, um, I I think there's a little something in each one that makes me interested in them. Um, probably I'm probably more interested in the outcomes of all of those than the actual national championship, though, just because, you know, we already. I, I think everybody just assumes, you know, we already know that Alabama is going to be favored. And, you know, there's probably some people who think the game's not even going to be close. Those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Just based on Notre Dame's offense versus Alabama's defense kind of argument. I think they think everything else is kind of, like, even. But I think they think that that right there is basically the deciding factor in the game and why Notre Dame won't be able to compete with them. Yeah. Um. Because, I mean, you know, Georgia's offense was really, really good. And um, after a while in that game, Alabama really kind of figured them out. And just started running the ball ball like over 300 yards. Like ridiculous numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I think that they think that Alabama will basically just wear Notre Dame down in that one. Um, the, uh, let's see, I kind of look at like the Cotton Bowl as like an extra BCS game. That's true. In a way. And I think it's just kind of intriguing. You get to, you you know, you get two teams that are used to playing against each other, but, um, definitely going to be a shootout there. Oh, then that's Texas think, A&M and Oklahoma. I think we'll have a record number of shootouts this year in bowl games. Just because if you look, there um, there aren't really that many really good defenses this year. Um, but there are a lot of high-flying offenses putting up over 500 yards average a game. Mm-hmm. If you, I mean, you can go look at the stats. They're just all over the place. You know, the Fiesta Bowl, definitely going to be a shootout. Um, let's see. The... Georgia-Nebraska is going to be an interesting game. Uh, yeah. LSU-Clemson. I, like, again, no dominant defenses in either of those. Um, I mean, LSU has a good defense, but it will be interesting to see how they adjust to Clemson's speed on offense. Right, and that's the Chick-fil-A Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas the Capital One Bowl is the Georgia-Nebraska game. Yes. Um, interesting that USC plays Georgia Tech 
in the Hyundai Sun Bowl. And just, you just think, if Georgia Tech won that ACC championship game, they would be in the Orange Bowl, likely against Northern Illinois. Yep. Barf. Like, if yeah, Georgia it, Tech won that game, they'd be 7-6 and six and going to a BCS game. Yeah, I mean, it. It the only way that Florida State really benefits from that game is that they, if they go in there and just absolutely shut them down and... And win by, you know, I'm sure there, there's going to be a large spread for that game too because nobody's seen Northern Illinois really. Yeah, they don't. I mean, really, nobody knows about that quarterback besides the fans themselves and people that really look into it. But he's really, really good. He and he's only a freshman. I don't know how he's that good. It's a different level of athletes he's going to be playing against at Florida State. But I, I fully. I, just because I've watched a couple of their games, I fully expect that to be a shootout between both teams. And I'm fine with that. <laughs> I seem to really like shootouts this year because I watched a ton of them. Just well, yeah, with, with your team, yes, absolutely. Um, it's going to be an interesting bowl season, especially for our two teams that you know we represent. You have West Virginia against Syracuse in the New Era Pinstripe Bowl. It's going to be a Yankee Stadium. That's a good venue for a bowl game. Yeah, um, I'm not really too excited about playing a team that we've always played. Yeah. I, because I always look at bowl games as um, an opportunity to play against teams you never really will get to on your schedule. You probably you would probably never play in the regular season. But sometimes it just works out like that. Um, you know, a lot of people thought that if we won that last game that we'd go to the Holiday Bowl and play UCLA. And it's interesting because if you go and look at who they picked, they picked Baylor. Mm. Um, and we beat Baylor. And our, I can tell you right now, our fans definitely travel better than they do. Yeah. Um, even regardless of it being all the way across the country, I'm sure that we would. So, I, you know, I'm guessing... You know, I, I'm pretty sure they had a higher pick, so... I'm not really sure how it works, but hey, they got, you know, that'll work out for the Pinstripe Bowl because they'll sell a lot of tickets. You know, the people from Syracuse right there, and then, you know, our fans will go to any kind of bowl game. So. Michigan goes to the Outback Bowl and plays South Carolina. Oh, my gosh. Um, I went to the Outback Bowl once. So yeah. I was in marching band, and that was a good game. Um. I can't even remember who the teams were. I think it was, uh, was it Iowa and no, it might have been. I think it was Michigan and Florida in the Outback Bowl that year that we went. That sounds about right. Um, Michigan and South Carolina. Well, I'll tell you what. If Nebraska wins the Big Ten championship, which they so did not, um, Michigan probably would have been going to the Capital One Bowl against Georgia. Do not want that. Um, I will take South Carolina over Georgia, and that's, it's still a tough game. South Carolina's kind of the BCS. South Carolina is like my Jekyll, Jekyll, Hyde, Jekyll, Hyde team <laughs> <laughs> this year. Six, um, to ten, six of the top ten teams in the BCS are from the SEC. Yeah. South Carolina is one of them. Um, yeah, because it's frightening. In, in their wins, they look very impressive on like defensive line, just looks ridiculous like i would never want to like play against them 
but then in their loss, they just they looked so so bad, like much worse than they should. And um, like there are certain parts of the game where you think they're just going to dominate, and then they just don't really do anything. So I don't know. I their defense is for real, but um, especially up front. But sometimes their offense, I don't even know what I'm watching. I you know I know it has a lot to do with they lost a great player at running back this year. But, um, I don't know. Um, sometimes I just wonder, like, about them. Like, I feel like they could beat anyone, but I feel like they could also play a close game against a really bad team, too. So, so I think it just kind of depends on where they show up and if Michigan can get things going on offense because defensively they've looked a lot better throughout the year. Mm -hmm. But what really made the difference was their offense. I mean, once, you know, they finally made a decision with Denard Hurt to, to have that kid in at quarterback, who I think looks great, considering that he hasn't been playing quarterback. Yeah, Devin Gardner, he might have a couple more years at Michigan because they decided to redshirt him, mm -hmm. and they expect that paperwork to go through the Big Ten. So he might be, you know, have, have a couple more years at Michigan. That'd be interesting. Yeah, no, I I mean, he's got a good arm. Mm -hmm. he, I. I'm kind of surprised that he wasn't already sitting there at quarterback, but <laughs> there, are, there are reasons for that. But yeah, and they just have to have a consistent game plan through the whole game, mm -hmm. and not just give up in the second half like they did against a certain Ohio State team. Mm -hmm. Anyway, really quickly, uh, who do you think wins the national championship game? I mean, we'll make the prediction, you know, a few weeks down the road when it comes to be that time. Um, I think Alabama does. I haven't been buying really Notre Dame the whole year. They have, you know, shown some resiliency in close games. But you look at that SEC championship game, Alabama's for real. Yeah. And, you know, they are beatable, but it takes the right kind of team. And I don't think Notre Dame has the offense to try to keep up and match pace. Their defense has to play a stellar game to keep it close. Yeah. Well, okay, I, I, I think... They definitely have one part of the thing that you need to beat Alabama. You need to be... I mean, you absolutely have to be... You gotta be big up front. You do. Um, I don't think that really faster defenses can handle Alabama because I think they just pound on you too much and those smaller defensive linemen get worn out. Mm -hmm. um, and Notre Dame has got big offensive linemen, big linebackers. I mean, they they can stop the run really well. Um the thing is, I think Alabama, you know, they don't have to throw the ball at times. I mean, at the end of that Georgia game, they didn't have to throw the ball, so they didn't. Right. Um, but when they're forced to, they're very capable. Their quarterbacks, I mean, what, he hadn't thrown an interception until the Texas A&M game, right? He's mm, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's very capable at quarterback. He's, he doesn't take the game over, but they never ask him to, really. Um, and I think, you know, they do enough with well, you play got, action. You got Lacey and you got TJ Yeldon. I mean, yeah, they've got, I mean, they're Alabama. They can recruit whoever they want, basically. So they've got a, they've probably got like, you know, three five-star receivers on the bench. Yep. So um, they have a ton of athletes. Um, you know, their, de their defense and their running game, that's how they win games. That's how they've won the past couple national championships. And I, I just I think that they're a little too much. I 
I'd like to see Notre Dame keep it close because you never want to see like you never want to see blowout oh, yeah. national championships because then you just everybody complains. It's going to be even more of a score than usual if that happens. Yeah, well, their teams would be much better off, and like, and people would be like, well, "Why didn't Georgia just go again or something? Or why didn't LSU get a shot or Florida?" And notice yeah, how yeah, but if Florida did, that would have been messy because they didn't win a division. And <laughs> exactly. oh wait. That happened to Alabama last year. Oh, that was awful. Yeah, see, it just... We're looking at... <laughs> we're looking at you, Kansas State and Oregon. You didn't do your job. Seriously. <laughs> Could have made it so... Uh, no, no words. <laughs> anyway, let's get to the replay. We had you know, games that we picked last week for both college football and professional football. We start in the college football ranks and northern illinois at kansas state or kent state that k state that's not kansas state wildcats kent state golden flashes plus six and a half uh northern illinois won by seven and i made a mistake in my outline because that is covering the spread mm-hmm. and yet I gave it to Kent State. Oh boy, I have to change some things here. Well, um how can I write this down? Anyway, it was it's a close game. That's for sure. And um you know was it? I think Northern Illinois was winning big for a while or was it Kent I, I can't remember anymore. Um there were comebacks both ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, Northern Illinois was up by like 21 at one point, and then Kent State came back and tied the game and took the lead, and then was up by 10 at one point, and then Northern Illinois came back again, and then they were up by 7, and then Kent State came back again and took the lead. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a very, very good game. Yeah, and it, was, and, um, it was in double overtime, too, so... Yeah, and, and you know, for, like... You Florida State fans out there that want to see who you're going to up against, go watch that game if there's a replay of it because you get to see just how good this kid at quarterback is for Northern Illinois. Because Kent State is a very good team, very good defensive team, and they put up 44. I know it was in double overtime, but still really impressive um, mm-hmm. because I thought I, I Kent State's definitely legit this year. Um, and um, so is Northern Illinois. Mm-hmm. UCLA at Stanford, the Pac-12 championship rematch of the game the previous week. And Stanford did win, but UCLA did keep it closer as the spread was 8 and Stanford won 27-24. Mm-hmm. You play a team that close to the last time you played them, you usually learn a little bit. And I think, they I mean, they came out and they ran the ball. That, that was the biggest difference I saw. UCLA ran the ball a lot and really well. And I, I thought that was a big difference in the game. Absolutely. Uh, Alabama at Georgia, the SEC championship was plus seven. And uh, I'll tell you what, Alabama, you know, came back. Georgia was hanging in there despite giving up all those yards on the ground. Alabama is, what was it? They were down 28 to 25. Yep. They just Good. gotten a field goal blocked, right? Yeah, there, there was a, back a touchdown. Yeah, I mean that was earlier in the in the half, but you know they just need a field goal. They're they're driving. The field goal could tie the game, and then suddenly they you know break out you know the play action and deep ball, and Georgia didn't see it coming because they had just been run on the whole game, and you know the deep pass worked to perfection with AJ McCarron throwing it. So now they're up thirty-two to twenty-eight, and Georgia's got to come down, and they need a touchdown. 
and they're driving and there was a possible interception that ended up being reviewed and it hit the ground. So it was incomplete. And Georgia comes down. They're like on the 12-yard line with 15 seconds left. They have no timeouts. They don't clock the ball. It wasn't fourth down or anything either. It was first down. Yeah. You just had a matter of time left on the clock to make your plays and get your couple shots at the end zone. So instead of, you know, clocking the ball, getting some time to think about it, Mark Rick doesn't do a good coaching job. Yeah, I don't. They try to catch him off guard, and then the ball is tipped on an age or Aaron Murray pass. The halfback coming out of the backfield catches it and turns around and falls down at the five-yard line. Can't stop the clock. Time runs out. When I picked Georgia to beat Alabama in the SEC championship game, and a play like that causes that not to happen, that sucks. Yeah, it. I I don't understand how they weren't able to, you know, get to the somebody yell at the quarterback and say, you know, friend, snap the ball like as soon as you get there yeah. and spike it. Oh, like it was... it's it's you. I don't understand because you go through two-minute drills during practice all the time, and that is what, exactly what they do. It was a great game, but oh, a frustrating ending. I mean, Crimson Tide fans breathing a sigh of relief because that could have you know, could have ripped that away from them despite giving up all those yards on the ground. Mm-hmm. Wow. 32-28 Alabama final, but Georgia gets the pick because Alabama did not cover. Yep. Texas at Kansas State, minus 11.5. Kansas State, 42-24. Not even close. Nope. Not much um, to say about that. And Oklahoma had won a very close game in uh, you know earlier in the day. So they could have gotten that BCS berth in the Fiesta Bowl had Kansas State not won. But mm-hmm. Kansas State kind of just yeah, – they could have had their you know so much more with their season. Yeah, that it, bad it, Baylor. You know, loss. it's it's crazy to think that they only lost one game this year, and people mm-hmm. are talking about disappointments. Yeah, this team wasn't like ranked in the preseason. Oh no, it's at, like it's absolutely ridiculous what they did. I I don't even know how they did it, and they did it really impressively too. I mean they 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 beat some really good teams. Absolutely. Uh, Florida State at Georgia Tech, plus 14. I put my faith in Florida State because I had them as a national championship pick. They just don't have the same oomph as earlier in the year. Uh, they won 21-15, to but Georgia Tech is not that good of a team. And yet they hung around. Yeah, I, they, they, I hope they have some better practices going up into the bowl game because they can't, they can't come out flat. Against a team that, like, I mean, they, they've got to get motivated for the game. I know they've been to plenty of Orange Bowls, but they they really do because it's, I mean, that's where you see the biggest upsets in BCS games is where the teams coming in think they're just going to stomp all over the other team. That there's mm-hmm. no chance, and then they don't prepare well. And I mean, that's exactly what happens. It's not that the other team comes out just on fire. The other team just does, doesn't prepare well yeah, because they, they're not expecting much. So... Hopefully they he can you know get them having some better practices leading up to the bowl game. Speaking of stomping all of the other team, Nebraska at Wisconsin plus three. 
Wisconsin gets off to a very fast 14-0 start. Like, I'm talking not even first five minutes. And then Taylor Martinez from Nebraska has a great long touchdown run. If you can look it up, great highlight with Gus Johnson on the call. Oh, all the <laughs> way, you know. Um, Wisconsin wins 70-31, to though. and they, they win the battle, but they lose the war. Mm-hmm. They lose their coach. Yep. Well, it's another Rose Bowl, and that's more than you know the other teams in the Big uh, Big Ten can say. Yeah, I mean they're they're going now. They just need to keep playing like that and make it a good game against Stanford. Yeah, um, Boise State at Nevada was the extra point game, and I had to pick this one. I picked Boise State, and they <laughs> they had a big lead in this game and gave it away mm-hmm. pretty quickly at the end of the game. Uh, Nevada prevented Boise State from covering. It was a 27-21 game for the Broncos. Oh, that was disappointing. They're they have a good good defense. They just um, I mean, must have lost. They lost. Or they lost everything when they lost their quarterback. I mean, like offensively, he they never had a quarterback that good. I don't think. And um, there's a big difference between them last year and this year. You can tell. I mean, they're. I good. I again. I think their defense is pretty good, but um, well, Kellen Moore is a great college quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you had Kansas at West Virginia minus twenty, and unfortunately, you know, the last game in Morgantown was a successful one. Yeah. Well, I mean, for, for this year, I'm not saying like <laughs> ever, but yeah, no. <laughs> last oh. game for this year. Yeah, it was good. I mean. I won't be surprised if, like, maybe they beat us by that much in basketball, but... <laughs> That's um, true. It's, it's a different story. But uh, it was fun. Yeah, 59-10. to 10, Good score there. Mm-hmm. Michigan basketball, random crazy tangent. I, I'm amazed. They're mm-hmm. actually really good. Yeah, no. I think I think they're better than Ohio State. I don't know if they're necessarily better than, than Indiana, but I think they're better than Ohio State. It will be interesting, that's for sure. Uh, NFL Week 12, Minnesota at Green Bay. Uh, Ponder had an awful game. Adrian Peterson had a great game, including you know, an 82-yard run that you see on highlights. Spread mm-hmm. was nine and a half, and Green Bay won by nine. So that yep. gives Minnesota our only win of <laughs> prediction for this week in NFL. It was a not-so-week. <laughs> Uh, just like Arizona and New York Jets, uh, you had <laughs> Arizona was up six to nothing, and my brother is like, "I've got Cardinals D on fantasy football," <laughs> and they have like three or four picks, and they're pitching a shutout, and then the Jets score a touchdown late, and even though they had the spread of four and a half, mm-hmm. uh, it technically gives Arizona the yeah, it definitely was win. a baseball score game. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was crazy. Tampa Bay at Denver, uh, minus eight, and Denver wins by eight. Did you see the play where Peyton Manning is scrambling on the sidelines, and one of his receivers, like close to there, you know, falls down close to the first down line, and you know, Pat Manning is looking, you know, almost getting chased out of bounds. He throws to the player that fell down on the ground, and like the player's still alert enough to catch the ball while on the ground, and he yeah. barely passed the first down. I saw that line. on. Uh... Uh, like NFL top ten. That was nuts. I mean, great play. Denver's yeah. won th- seven straight. Yeah, they're they, they. I mean, 
I'm I'm glad I saw this. I didn't I didn't like necessarily think it was coming this soon. Mm-hmm. But I so I thought I remembered saying something towards the er, like earlier in the year that I I definitely thought they'd make the playoffs. Yeah. Just because Peyton Manning would will them to. Absolutely. Uh, Pittsburgh at Baltimore. You had you know no Roethlisberger again. Baltimore had their moments in this game. They were favored by three, mm-hmm. but Pittsburgh just showed some resiliency, and it was a must-win for that game for, uh, for them, basically. Well, and, and um, on an injury note, didn't Baltimore lose their linebacker for maybe or something? I thought, um, or it's like he has—he's injured. They're not sure if he can go, and they're not sure if. Ray, Ray Lewis will be back yet. To yeah, go. I mean, injuries on Baltimore's defense is like their story of the year. So Yeah, well, I was just, I'm just saying that because they're getting thinner and thinner basically mm-hmm. at that position. It's true. But, you know, good game for Pittsburgh to win. They really needed that one. Well, they, I mean, I that, that actually, I think, gives them a chance to still, you know, keep that wild card spot. Yeah, I mean, Baltimore is very close to locking up that division. Um, a lot of teams locked up divisions. And, and Baltimore has a very tough finishing schedule. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of crazy how tough it is at the end of the year for them. But I, I think they're a good enough team to at least make the playoffs, though. Oh, no, I think they will. I'm just saying that I think Pittsburgh winning that game, it definitely gives them a chance to catch up. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia at Dallas, minus 10.5. I said Philadelphia was a pile of dookie last week. <laughs> I still mean it. They did lose, but Dallas did not cover. So technically, Philadelphia won, and that is frustrating. Yeah, that that great Dallas defense I was talking about last. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, Philadelphia decided to run the ball, and that's you know with Lashawn McCoy injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no words. They're they're not going to win a game. The rest of the year, and look, that's going to be wrong. There's, they're still terrible. Like, there's no getting around it. They're still terrible. Uh. And finally, New York Giants at Washington Redskins. Um, Redskins were the underdogs by one. They won by one. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended or anything like that. Robert Griffin the third had a. Good game, and they're one game back in the NFC East. That's pretty amazing. Um, I mean, I don't. I mean, both you know, both rookie quarterbacks from you know those those top two rookie quarterbacks are doing really well this year. But I don't think people thought that he'd be able to come in and do what he's doing in the NFL. Oh, yeah. It's kind of crazy. Oh, absolutely. And then, like they were talking about, like is this the future of the col- or the NFL quarterback and all this stuff? I don't know about that, but yeah, we'll we'll see. He's just a athletic freak of nature. <laughs> he is. He can throw the ball very well and run. Like you know, Michael Vick couldn't you know, no, throw the ball well, but he can run. He's got he's got a huge frame too. I yeah. mean, like he's just built really mm-hmm. well. So we end the NF or the uh, NCAA football regular season. I'm a game up. On you, you're still a game up on me with the NFL, but there are some weeks left there, and we'll consider 
you know, the bowls in the, our final predictions, but, you know, with the, the college football regular season ending there. Major Moses leading the college football for the Sminjas, and Skull Jumper and Moses are tied in the NFL. So it's going to be an interesting final weeks for that. We finally get to the pick six this week. No college football games except Army and Navy. We're not going to pick it for the mm-hmm. pick six, though, but just random thoughts on who do you think would, would win? Uh, I, 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 I think lately I've tend, tended to go with Navy. Mm-hmm. So, go Navy. <laughs> I agree. I mean, you're running the ball seems generally more reliable, and with all the options that Navy has, it seems like a, you know, a more ideal way to win. And that's going to be on, on Saturday. Yeah. Support uh, so. troops, folks. There you go. But in the NFL, we start with Dallas at Cincinnati, minus three at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys here. Mm-hmm. I know Cincinnati has been playing decent football. Mm-hmm. But, again, like Dallas has too much talent. And I think when you're trying to push for a wild card spot, you have to have some motivation and chutzpah deep down within. So, give me the Cowboys in this one. Yeah, I I think that um, you know, I mean, technically, I don't I don't think Cincinnati's going to get that wild card spot, mm-hmm. even if they you know did win this game and won a couple more, just because, um, I because of their division itself basically, um, and I so I I think Dallas will will go on the road and win this one, um. You know, there's still a lot of talent on their defense, and they're you know they do have some good wide receivers, mm-hmm. stuff. I think maybe they make enough plays to to clear to cover the spread. Baltimore at Washington minus one at one p.m. Eastern time. What do you think about this one? It's kind of interesting. Um, I think it'd be I think it'd definitely be a good game. I can see why it spreads close. Um, you know, Washington comes back home after kind of shocking the Giants. Um, well, they were at home against the Giants as well, oh, so yeah. That's right. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I think I'm going to go with Washington on this one, just because I think right now uh, RG3's confidence is really high, and it seems like when when he's having like a string of games where he's playing really well he just kind of continues with that mm-hmm. and um like i think i just think that he can make more plays against their defense than than baltimore they just look so out of sync i know last week they were playing against a pretty good you know pretty good defense but um it just doesn't seem like that um passing game is working like it did earlier in the year right for baltimore and that you know they're getting all these injuries on defense They've got to be able to move the ball to win games, and they couldn't do that last week. So, um, I, I, I think I'll take Washington. You know, Washington's pushing to, to make the. They, they're not only going to make the playoffs; they're going to probably get a good seed. So, um, well, they're right now six and six. I don't know about that in a really good NFC. And to be honest, I'm not buying the Washington Redskins on the 
NFC East division push. I think Baltimore had trouble doing that last week because it was against a good Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Um, I still think they're a good team, and they had won, you know, what, three or four straight games before the Pittsburgh game. So I've got Baltimore in this one, basically because I'm not just buy, I'm not buying the hype. Okay. I, I know RG3 is a really good player and all, but I don't think that makes an entire team. And there is, you know, some you know good offensive line play and running the ball, but I think Baltimore just has overall more weapons mm-hmm. on offense than just Robert Griffin III and Peter Waiter, Pete Waiter, Pierre Gosson. Ha, ha, ha. Um, yeah, give me the Ravens. Miami at San Francisco, minus 10 at 4.05 Eastern. Um, I've got the Niners. Mm-hmm. I know Colin Kaepernick has to regain that confidence. He's been struggling a little bit the past couple weeks. And I think it's a good team to do that against with. And you know, Miami, you're at home in San Fran. 10 feels like a lot. But once that team gets rolling and, you know, that defense against St. Louis last week when they almost tied again, what the hell was that about? The defense didn't let up, like, anything, basically. There was a turnover really deep in, you know, the defensive zone. Uh, so that was really not their fault. There was an interception return or something like that, some special teams touchdown. Yeah. And then, you know, some field goals. Um, San Francisco's defense played great last week, and they lost in overtime. Um, yeah. I, I think the, the competition level is a little bit... Um, bet, like San Francisco is used to um, playing better teams than Miami, anyways, mm-hmm. and so um, I, I think you know, combined with that defense, they get back on track offensively. Yeah, probably put up you know like twenty, twenty-five plus, and I think that's way more than enough to beat Miami. Mm-hmm. New Orleans at San or <laughs> wow, New York, uh, New Orleans at New York Giants. Minus four and a half, Saints and Giants, four twenty-five Eastern. Minus four and a half. Interesting. How do you see this one? Um. Well, this kind of goes into the theory of um. Didn't didn't we just talk about how the Giants probably would have lost that game last week, where we thought they were probably going to lose just so that they could be a low seat in the playoffs? I guess. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it seems like they always struggle during the regular season, even when people say they're really good, which I never really understood. And then you see in the playoffs that they're really good for some reason. Mm-hmm. They don't do it in the regular season. So, I mean, you know, New Orleans is a good team. I, I think that they probably win this one. Um, I, I think, you know, by a touchdown probably. So I, I, I'm going to take New Orleans in the spread. I am as well. Um, you know, even if the Giants keep it close, if the Giants win by a field goal, that still gives New Orleans, um, mm-hmm. you know, that prediction win. Uh, I have the Saints as well. I just feel like, you know, with the offense and you know, the Giants are coming off of a tough game. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the Saints might surprise them a little bit. So you're saying that, the <laughs> the Redskins will be tied at the top of the AFC East if you have your way with predictions. That's very very interesting. Um, you know the Saints have basically you know they're not going to be making the playoffs, but you know Drew Brees still has too much pride. I think he's going to play well, especially after the horrendous 
you know, five interception performance that he yeah. had last week against Atlanta. That was bad. Detroit at Green Bay, minus seven on Sunday Night Football on NBC. Here's a lion fun fact for you. The Detroit Lions have not won at Lambeau Field. Care to guess since what year? Um, 1995. Not a bad guess. The Detroit Lions have not won at Lambeau Field, and you know, consider that you know division opponents, so they play there pretty much every year since 1991. Wow. Why would this year be any differently, or be any different with how bad? This Lions team is playing. Yeah. Give me the Packers. Not close. Um, you know, like I think I think at least maybe recently in some of the the closer losses for Detroit, they've, they've you know against some better teams than they had been playing earlier on the season. They they put up you know they put up a fight. They played well. Um, you know. Texans one of Texas the Texans are one of the better teams and they you know probably without the uh, bad caller in the game they probably beat them so they 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 played well against some good teams but um I don't know like like you said they seem to have trouble against Green Bay at Green Bay they just seem to never be able to beat them and right now it's to the point where they're not really playing for anything except pride mm-hmm so um, I don't know. I I think Green Bay at home is a different kind of animal than they are on the road. Like they, I mean, I've seen them put up like touchdown after touchdown at home. Then on the road, they go and they lose to some awful team. I think at home they're just too good to keep this one close. So I got Green Bay. I'll tell you what last year's game of Detroit at Green Bay was. You remember a performance from a quarterback named Matt Flynn mm-hmm. where he goes out and throws like six touchdowns against an awful Lions secondary? Then he gets a contract in Seattle, which is a, a job that he ultimately does not win to Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. That was Matt Flynn's contract game last year with the Lions coming into Green Bay. So, man, I, I hope the Lions can at least keep it close, but... I just don't think so with you know history and all that. Houston at New England, a very good Monday night football game. Minus three and a half. How do you see this one? Um I think I'm just gonna take Houston because I think their defense is actually good enough to um contain New England's offense. Um because I don't think you can really stop it. I think you can contain it to a certain extent. And then on the other side, Houston's just as good on offense. So I, I think, I don't think New England's defense is good enough to win this game for them. Um, you know, it is at home, so it will, it will, you know, they get that kind of advantage. But this, I mean, this is, if you want kind of a preview of the playoffs, I would watch this one. Oh, definitely. Because it, it very well could come down to this. Um maybe flipped, you know, just at, you know, at Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
you know, very good game. Definitely watch it. I'm just going to take Houston because I think overall they're a better team. I, I see that logic, but mm-hmm. I have a strange feeling that Houston comes out playing flat mm-hmm. in this one. Um, and I think New England at home, it's, again, like they're a tough team at home, especially with Tom Brady, uh, you know, kind of controlling that crowd, controlling the offense. Um, if it were, you know, more you know, points for whatever reason, if New England were favored by more, I would definitely give it to Houston. Mm-hmm. But I think it's close of enough ga- of a game that, you know, New England can score a touchdown late, and that could either give them, you know, four or seven-point margin, mm-hmm. and they could cover. Uh, so I'll, I'll take New England in this one. I'm excited for that one. It, it'll be a good Sunday. I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch any football with this, you know, 15 pages of writing I have to do to finish my paper, but it should be a very good weekend. Yes. For sports, and you have you know the Heisman and the Army Navy game on Saturday, and sooner or later it's going to be like college basketball and all that stuff. And oh, if only there were hockey! <sighs> if only there were hockey. You got video games. This is true. <laughs> this is very true. We do Which have I think those is funny. Games. <laughs> we have video games for hockey. Mm-hmm. And there is no hockey, but uh-huh. hey, you gotta. You know, you just you just run that simulator. Hey, that's what the yes. local sports t- uh, station does here for talk radio. Yes, they run virtual Red Wings seasons, and they, you know, keep it in line with what the schedule is, and they talk about how the players are doing. It's it's pretty amusing. Anyway, with that, I am Peter, and I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the week in sports. Good luck with finals, everyone. <laughs>